it's probably the biggest question as we get closer and closer to when the Grizzlies open up preseason camp. Who will be the fifth starter? You know Marcus Smart. You know Desmond Bain. You know Jared Jackson Jr. You know Stephen Adams. Who will be the fifth guy? We're going to break down all the options, and we're going to talk about it right here coming up on Locked On Grizzlies. You are Locked On Grizzlies, your daily Memphis Grizzlies podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. What's going on, everyone, and welcome back to Locked On Grizzlies. I am your host today, DeMichael Cole, beat writer for the Commercial Appeal right here in Memphis, Tennessee. I'm going solo today. Joe Monax will be back with us for tomorrow's episode. So I want to appreciate you for tuning in to Locked On Grizzlies each and every day. Today's episode is brought to you by Jace Medical. Empower yourself when you purchase a Jace case providing you with a personal supply of five antibiotics that treat 50-plus infections. Get yours today at jacemedical.com. That's jace, J-A-S-E, medical.com. Locked on Grizzlies is everywhere, as you already know. Uh, find us on Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, wherever you listen or watch if you're on YouTube. Locked on Grizzlies is there, so continue to rate like comment subscribe we see it all and we're implementing it into the show as we get closer a little bit under two weeks away from preseason count opening up a little bit over two weeks away from the first preseason game against the indiana pacers but one of the most ringing questions you know you got the john morant situation you got the stephen adams health a situation out there, which I think is fine, by the way, but, you know, it's still a question until we see him on the floor playing an actual game. Then you got all these players who could have breakout years because the Grizzlies are so young that it's like five, six guys who can be a potential breakout guy. But to me, to me personally, the biggest question right now, the immediate question, we you might say John Moran is – uh, a, a big question as well when he potentially returns, but we'll address that when the time comes. But the biggest immediate question right now is the fifth starter. Uh, it's a it's a big question because one, this is an opportunity. This is an opportunity because if this player plays well, whoever gets that fifth to final spot, now the Grizzlies have a decision to make when John Morant gets back. And the Grizzlies will have a decision to make simply because if you're looking at it on paper, as we just said, Marcus Smart right now is a shoe-in as a starter. Desmond Bain is a shoe-in as a starter. Jaron Jackson Jr., Steven Adams. You got a spot right there at small four, which is pretty much open. You got a bunch of natural small four guys on this roster that the Grizzlies have drafted in the last two, three years. Zaire Williams, David Roddy, John Conchar, um, you know, uh, Jake LaRavia, like you have the options, but at the same time, there's an idea that some people say John Morant, Desmond Bain, Marcus Smart in a small ball kind of backcourt uh, lineup should be your, your, 
your point guard, shooting guard, and small forward when all three of those guys are on the floor together. But I tell you what, this opportunity for someone at small forward, whether it's LaRavia, whether it's Kennard, whether it's Conchar, whoever it is, if that player plays well, I think it'll be very easy and it'll make a lot of sense for Taylor Jenkins to say, hey, we can start this guy because that's more size at the small forward position. And we may close some games with Marcus Smart in the lineup. And Marcus Smart's minutes may not change that much because at the end of the day, I say it all the time. Starting lineup is important. To me, closing lineup is more important because that's the winning lineup. That's the lineup at the end of the game. That's the lineup you're depending on to close the game out. But starting lineup is very important as well. So with all that being said, this is an audition for a bunch of guys. The names that we're going to discuss on today's episode, if you're tuning in on YouTube, you see the show breakdown. If you're not, I'm going to go through it real quick. Uh, Luke Kennard is going to be the first guy that we talk about. Then we're going to talk about the upside and the reliability options. not going to say the names because you probably can figure that one out. And then we're going to talk about the case for David Roddy. And we're going to mention one more player in that uh, segment as well. So five players are factoring into this competition in my mind as well. And we got to start with probably the most obvious candidate out there. And I would think the fans might want to see this candidate more than most. And that's Luke Kennard. But like every other option that we're about to break down, there are positives and negatives to starting Luke Kennard. Let's go ahead and put the biggest positive out there right now. This is a certified lethal three-point shooter. One of the best in the NBA. Uh, You put him on the floor with Desmond Bain. Go back to game five. If you want to see how Desmond Bain and Luke Kennard play off of each other, game five of the first round series against the Los Angeles Lakers, I'm telling you, the Grizzlies really found something before Luke Kennard suffered that shoulder injury. They found something. Uh, There was more spacing. That first half, the ball was moving really well. The Lakers were all over the place, and Luke Kennard shooting it. Desmond Bain's getting more space. They looked really good. Now, you factor in the opportunity the potential to put both those guys on the floor together. Alongside Marcus Smart, who, again, has said he wants to focus on his playmaking uh, this season. Alongside that guy, who can also knock down some shots himself. Then you got Jaron Jackson Jr., who's capable of knocking down shots. But also, you know, with Steven Adams being back on the floor, you got that threat where Jaron Jackson Jr., nine nights out of ten, he's going to be guarded by a smaller player. Because now it's not the same as when you were playing against the Los Angeles Lakers in the first round. And the Lakers said, you know what? We're going to put LeBron James on Xavier Tillman, and we're going to put Anthony Davis on Jaron Jackson Jr. to switch some things up. You ain't doing that if Steven Adams is on the court because LeBron James is great and amazing and arguable GOAT. You ain't taking a center, your biggest guy, off of Steven Adams. So there's a ripple effect here with the potential of starting Luke Kennard and how explosive it can make the Grizzlies' offense. Defensively, there are some minor concerns. You know, Luke Kennard, yes, he's 6'6 and whatnot, uh, but so is Desmond Bain. I think in this case, you're talking about Desmond Bain guarding the small forwards on most nights. And I think uh, Marcus Smart would be the guy who would get the top perimeter scoring option. Now, if that guy isn't a, the small forward, then that guy goes to Desmond Bain. I think in this case, you're giving Luke Kennard the weakest assignment, as we usually see with John Morant, or, you know, the the guy who is least likely to go off the dribble, do all the behind the back, the nasty stuff that'll really, you know, mix him up a little bit. 
So with that being the case, I look at it like this. Marcus Smart, let's take opening night, for example. You're playing against the New Orleans Pelicans. Pelicans are most likely going to come out, starting lineup. Uh, they're going to have C.J. McCollum in it. Uh, I think Trey Murphy is hurt right now, so they're not going to have him in it, but it's going to be C.J. McCollum. Probably going to have Brandon Ingram at small forward. Probably throw Herb Jones in there for his defensive versatility. And then you'll have, you know, the front court. We're not talking about the front court right now. We're talking about how Luke Kennard could fit into the starting lineup. In this case, it's very easy. You put Luke Kennard on Herb Jones, easy. He gets the uh, a guy who is a limited offensive player. He's not going to do much off the dribble. He is a threat, as we saw last year when the Grizzlies guarded him with Jaron Jackson Jr. towards the end of the season, and he basically burned the Grizzlies on all those open three points. So uh, you have – you have the opportunity here to put Luke Kennard on Herb Jones. There's that matchup. And you got C.J. McCollum. You got Brandon Ingram. I think Desmond Bain, because he's a little more lengthier, you put him on Brandon Ingram. Still, you know, not the longest guy in the world. He has 6'6", but he has 6'4", wingspan. So still giving up something there. And then you put Marcus Smart on C.J. McCollum. We know C.J. McCollum historically is one of those Grizzlies killers. And I like the idea of putting Marcus Smart on the ball, letting him hound the ball, and that also saves Desmond Bain, who in the past, remember, he's talked to me about the idea of having to chase around these guys. C.J. McCollum is one of those guys you'd have to chase around, and that's going to affect his offense, Desmond Bain's offense, indirectly because of the fact that it's going to be a little more tired, and it's early in the season. So I'm thinking about it like this. Most teams – Point guard, shooting guard, small forward. One of those players is going to be a weaker offensive player that you can hide Luke Kennard on. And we know when the Grizzlies get back on the other end, the idea of putting Desmond Bain, 40-plus percent three-point shooter his entire career. Luke Kennard, same thing, you know, over the averages of his career. Two of the best shooters in the NBA with Marcus Smart, who is a very much so a good playmaker. Uh, Jaron Jackson Jr. and Steven Adams being forceful. I think this is your most dynamic starting lineup that the Grizzlies could put on the floor this is the one I want to see the most, but there's another one that I believe we could potentially see. I said it in a previous episode of Locked On Grizzlies, so you might have heard me. So we're going to get to that coming up after the break. But before we do that, i got to talk to you about Jace Medical because, look, Jace Medical, everyone should be empowered to care for themselves and their loved ones during the unexpected. That's why Jace Medical offers the Jace case. Listen, the Jace case provides you five life-saving antibiotics for emergency use and gives you a peace of mind so that you're not just out here hoping that you have access to medications in the case of an emergency. Jace Medical makes sure that you have the medication in hand, and it's simple. They handle everything from the online evaluation to licensed pharmacy medication delivery and ongoing consultation and care. Don't get caught being unprepared. You can save more than $360 by getting these life-saving antibiotics with Jace Medical, plus an additional $20 off by using the code LOCKEDON. That's L-O-C-K-E-D-ON at checkout on jacemedical.com. And don't forget, Jace Medical is J-A-S-E medical.com and use the promo code LOCKEDON, L-O-C-K-E-D-ON. Coming up next, we're going to talk about two more guys who could be potential lineup options in the starting lineup for the Grizzlies. I said it's upside versus good old reliability. Stay tuned for that coming up on Locked On Grizzlies. 
Welcome back to Locked On Grizzlies, everyone. I am your host, DeMichael Cole, beat writer for the Commercial Appeal here in Memphis, Tennessee. And today we're discussing starting lineup options for the Memphis Grizzlies. And we know pretty much four of these guys will be. You know Marcus Smart will be in there. You know Desmond Bain will be in there. We know Jaron Jackson Jr. is going to be in there. We know a healthy Steven Adams will be in there. Who's going to be that other option? Just made the case for Luke Kennard, who if I was – the Michael Cole head coach of the Memphis Grizzlies, I'd probably go with that. It's probably the way I would go with it. But I know there's some of you out there that may say, eh, if you start Luke Kennard, who's scoring off the bench? Well, that's where I come in. I say I make the argument that you can stagger those guys. You know, Desmond Bain and Luke Kennard could start the game, and then one comes out at the six-minute mark of the first quarter, and then the other plays the entire first quarter and then comes out of the game. And then the other one comes in at the start of the second quarter. And you stagger them that way until you get late in the game. Makes perfect sense to me. We've seen Taylor Jenkins do that in ways. But that's Luke Kennard. That's my number one option. That's why I said Coach DeMichael Cole. Because Coach Taylor Jenkins, I think, will have a choice to make between upside and reliability. Who are the two guys that I'm talking about here? In case of upside... We're talking Jake Laravia, first-round pick, showed a lot in summer league, uh, put him on the floor. He's going to make some things happen. Reliability, John Conchar. Seen him start games. You know exactly what you're going to get defensively. You know what you're going to get from a rebounding standpoint. You know what you're going to get shooting-wise when he shoots the basketball. I think Taylor Jenkins – at least at this point, at this juncture, we'll see. You know, I'm sure they'll try out all these options. But we're talking about right now, based on what we know, it's in my mind that I believe that Taylor Jenkins would lean towards going with John Conchar. And guess what? I am not too opposed to that option. I know my, my co-host, Joe Monax, he, he, he might have something to say about that. I know a lot of you will say, oh, you know, John Conchar is very limited. And guess what? Again, they're talking about starting lineup. Now, if John Conchar is in your closing lineup, it's a different conversation for me. I mean, of course, it matters who they're playing and matchups and whatnot. But typically, I don't think John Conchar should be in your closing lineup because you're going to need a little bit more scoring. And you're going to need some guys who can have a little wiggle to the game. And I think Luke Kennard brings a little bit more of that than John Conchar. But defensively, I think the Grizzlies can be nasty. If you got Marcus Smart out there, you got John Conchar. Then you got Desmond Bain. So you still get the shooting with John Conchar. Not at the level of Luke Kennard by any stretch of the imagination. But you got a respectable shooter who I think teams aren't just going to leave wide open. Uh, you got Desmond Bain. You got Marcus Smart. Then you add in the fact that John Conchar is going to rebound the basketball. He's going to play solid defense. I think defensively this is the peak lineup for the Grizzlies. Of the five options that we're going to go through here, if you start John Conchar, you get the best defensive results. We talked about the net rating numbers with John Conchar in the season. If you look at Grizzlies' three-man lineup, four-man lineups, the best ones in terms of net rating, the ones that have 10-plus net ratings, a lot of those lineups are going to have the name John Conchar in them if you go look at them. He is a plus-minus magnet, as I like to call it. When he gets in the game, you don't, you don't see it by the raw numbers, but good things happen. That's because he's sound defensively. And he can erase a guy from the game. He's a good positional defender. He's going to be in the right place at the right time. We saw it last year in the playoffs, right, it, where he saved 
the Grizzlies on that with that Anthony Davis block, which is one of the highlights of the Grizzlies uh, first round series against the Lakers. So he's your reliability option. Now, what about the upside? And with upside, I think Jake LaRavia can make a case in the preseason and say, hey, coach, it's year two for me. I'm about to show you that second year jump. And when I show you that second year jump, I think I should be in the starting lineup on opening night. Let's rewind. Let's rewind back to summer league in July. Said this a hundred times, so I'm going to sound like a broken record here. But what I said in summer league was we don't care what Jake LaRavia's three-point shooting numbers look like. I didn't care if he shot 10 for 40. I didn't care if he shot 25 for 40. It, it didn't really matter. At the end of the day, what mattered is if he took 43-point shots. You needed to see Jake LaRavia shoot the ball. I talked to his college coach, Steve Forbes, when he got in the NBA. He said, he said look, he had to get on Jake LaRavia a few times, shoot the ball. When he first got on the Grizzlies, that's what everyone on the team was talking about. We just need him to shoot more. We just need him to shoot more. Then he went down to the hustle in the G League. Then he shot more, over six three-point attempts per game. Then he went to the Grizzlies in summer league, and he shot more. And guess what? Now that he's shooting more, it's going to look different when he's on this Grizzlies team because when you're in the starting lineup, you got Desmond Bain, you got Marcus Smart, you got Jared Jackson, you got Steven Adams. Guess what? Jake LaRavia, you're going to be viewed as the weakest option. You're going to be the guy when Desmond Bain uh, is leaking out in transition, he's running to the corner over there, and, and Marcus Smart has the ball in his hands, and defense is yelling, stop ball. But then there's another guy pointing at Desmond Bain and saying, watch him in the corner. And then there's two guys or, or another guy over there saying, hey, keep Steven Adams off the glass because no matter what we do with these other guys, if you don't put a body on him, it's offensive rebound. And then there's another guy that's going to be saying, hey, you got to watch Jaron Jackson Jr. You cannot leave. That's probably their best offensive threat. You got to watch him. And once you put the bodies on all those guys, it's going to say, hey, if we need to put two bodies on Steven Adams to crash the glass, leave Jake LaRavia. If we need to go throw two guys in the direction of Jaron Jackson Jr. because he's he's sealing in the paint and he has a mismatch against a 6'2", 6'3", guard, to help bring, bring down Jake LaRavia's man. We're going to leave him open. The point is, I wanted to see him take a lot of shots in summer league and with the hustle because when he plays with the Grizzlies, he's going to be open. And you don't want to see him hesitating. You don't want to see him turning those shots down. By all accounts, I think what we've seen from Jake LaRavia in summer league tells me that when he gets those open shots with the Grizzlies, he's not going to turn them down. And when he gets those open shots, I think there's a pretty good chance that he's going to make a lot of them. Because the proof is in the pudding. This was a really good shooter at the collegiate level. He shot really well, shot over 36 and a half, close to 37% with the hustle with a nice sample size there as well. So I think you talk about a guy who's likely to shoot north of 35% from three-point range, that's a win for me. I don't even have to get into the size. You know, you're talking 6'7", 220, 230 pounds. So this is a natural small four. This is a guy who has – the making to be a good, he can body up. You know, when we talk about guarding Brandon Ingram, uh, guarding, you know, early in the season when you got to go against Kawhi Leonard or, or those type of guys, he can body up and, and try to hold his own in those situations. So uh, Jake LaRavia, I think, is your 
best upside option in terms of first game might not look so great, but over the course of 25 games, while John Morant is out, you may say, we might have found something. We might need to keep him in this spot. And for the Grizzlies' sake, might be a good chance to discover what you really have in the guy you selected with your first first round pick two seasons ago, uh, two years ago. So, well, technically a little bit over a year ago, but two two years ago in NBA years. So that's your upside guy. John Conchar is your reliability guy. Luke Kennard, I think, is the guy. What about David Wright? What about that first round pick, top 10 pick from a couple years ago? What about him? Talk about both of those guys in a second. Before we talk about those two guys, today's episode, we got to talk about FanDuel Sportsbook, where you make every moment more look. How about NFL season coming back? I'm I'm enjoying what I'm seeing, everything so far, except with the running backs. But look, we're back in the NFL action, and guess what? FanDuel has you covered because it's America's number one sports book. Right now, new customers get $200 in bonus bets guaranteed. All you got to do is place a $5 bet. You heard me right. New customers, place a $5 bet. Just put $5 down on something. You get $200 in bonus bets. And guess what? That's if your bet win or lose. You still get the $200 in bonus bets. So if you've been thinking about joining FanDuel, if you're a new customer, you're like, I want to be a new customer, but Look, let me tell you how it works. It's easy to use. You can bet the spreads on games. You can bet the player props. You can bet the over-unders. You can bet much more. You can make same-game parlays out of all those things that I just mentioned. And you can just bet all the games if you want to, if you want to just bet the money line. You can do that as well. So go over to visit FanDuel.com slash locked on and kick off the NFL season the right way. Wait, coming up on Locked On Grizzlies, we got to make the case for David Roddy because this is a guy who started some games last year. We haven't even talked about him yet in this episode. So we got to talk about that coming up after the break. Welcome back to Locked On Grizzlies, everyone. I am DeMichael Cole, beat writer for the Commercial Appeal right here in Memphis, Tennessee. Well, thank you for tuning in on today's episode as well. Uh, we appreciate you guys for tuning in to Locked On Grizzlies. Make sure you continue to find us each and everywhere that you uh, watch and listen to your podcast. But right now we got to break down uh, the obvious here. We talked about Luke Kennard. We talked about the upside of Jake LaRavia. We talked about the reliability of John Conchar. But there are two other guys that could potentially be factored into the conversation. One, we got to make the case for David Roddy. David Roddy was a starter and stretches last season. Uh, you may say, can, can David Roddy handle this role? Go look at two games against the Dallas Mavericks last season. I don't know if he liked the blue or or it was Dallas's, you know, poor defense that they played last season or whatever it was. But when David Roddy saw those guys, you saw the potential of a guy who could really do some damage. But here's my thing. Here's why we're just now talking about David Roddy in the third segment for me. I'll never forget. I asked David Roddy his first day. Media uh, media day for the rookies, I think. Uh, it was, no, intro press conference for the rookies uh, when he was drafted. And I asked him, I said, are you more comfortable at the four to five at this point of your career? Of course, every player, pretty much, well, not every player, most players are going to say, you know, I could play both. 
which is eventually what he ended up saying, and which is also what Jake Laravia ended up saying when I asked the same question between the three and playing the three and playing the four. But before he said that, it's like, well, you know, I'm more comfortable at the four, but I can play the three too, which leads me to this. We saw him play a lot of the three last year, I think even more so than the four. And I think at, at the end of the day, at the end of the day, David Roddy at the four is probably still his his best fit in terms of, you know, uh, him showing his full skill set. But this is going to make some sense. You just got to bear with me. But in terms of what he does for the Grizzlies, defense, bodying guys up, spot up three-point shooting, the three is his best spot. See, at the four, you go out, he can he can go off the dribble, expose, you know, use his quickness to get by slower guys, use his strength to get by bigger, I mean, get by uh, smaller guys. That's how he can play it at the four. But with the Grizzlies, as we've seen so far, David Wright just ain't going to have the ball in his hands a lot. That's just not been uh, the situation that he's been put in uh, with this team. So with that being the case, I think David Roddy, you talk about defensively, I said John Conchar is your old reliable in terms of your best defensive option. David Roddy's number two. If you want, I guess, in a way, John Conchar's defense, and I think a little bit more offensive upside, but again, remember, John Conchar is more reliable. David Roddy, you're going to get more up and down performances, but you're going to get higher offensive upside. You get defense, who I think, I mean, talk to Dylan Brooks about David Roddy a lot of times and he would rave about what David Roddy could potentially be defensively. He put a lot of time into talking to him and I think we could see that play out. We could see that play out. I think David Roddy has really good feet. I don't have to tell you about the strength because all you guys call him big body Roddy. So you know about the strength. Uh, You're not going to bully him too fast. So I, I think there's a strong case as well for him being that guy. And then there's one more player. Who's like your wild card? I could say he's your, your, your the name that you can't leave out of the conversation, but he's the most unlikely of these five options to start at small forward, and that's Zaire Williams. Oh, uh, here's the thing, as it pertains to Zaire Williams. Go back a year ago, as we were preparing for last season, we were having the same conversation about how. Last season should have been a springboard year. Dylan Brooks was in the last year of his contract. Zaire Williams was supposed to take this jump, kind of, you know, show flashes of what he can be, show enough flashes so that the Grizzlies would be confident in saying, Dylan Brooks, you can walk. Zaire Williams is our next starting small forward. And ho-home, things just go on. But it ain't worked like that. It did not work like that. What actually ended up happening was Zaire Williams had some knee problems, carried over from his rookie year, and it was up and down year. He played spontaneously, played very sparingly on the floor uh, with the Grizzlies, even got sent down to the hustle for a stretch of games. And then Summer League came, and before Summer League got here, at the end of the season, uh, Grizzlies uh, front office basically said, I think Zach Kleiman was basically saying, there's a pretty good chance that Zaire Williams would be playing in Summer League. And then Summer League came, Zaire Williams wasn't there. But he was there. But he was in his nice Louis V outfit. He wasn't on the floor playing uh, with the Grizzlies. And it was mainly because 
there's some maintenance thing I think that the Grizzlies wanted to do in terms of his knee. So with all that being said, it's been an injury riddle last year. It's kind of halted some of the progressions that Zaire Williams showed at the end of his rookie year, right? Uh, when Dylan Brooks was out and the Grizzlies were winning, you know, uh, late January, early February, and they were winning a lot of games. And Zaire Williams was in that starting lineup, and it was like, man, they got Jaren start. They got Steven Adams start. They got Desmond Bain. They got Ja. And look at this rookie showing what he can bring. That's what it was. So when you talk about upside, I said Jake LaRavia is your highest upside option uh, for what the Grizzlies like. But from a talent standpoint, Zaire Williams can go off the dribble. Zaire Williams has that nice touch around the rim. Zaire Williams has the midi. Zaire Williams is a nice, you know, skilled defender from the standpoint. He's 6'8 with the long arms. He's a really good athlete, so he can jump. Uh, he's really good at chasing down uh, a chase down against those uh, off-the-ball movement-type shooters. He's really good against those smaller guards uh, at the point of attack, like a C.J. McCollum, for example. So his on-ball defense is good in those situations. So there's a lot to like. But his three-point shooting has been bad. And we talked about this briefly on the last episode. But his three-point shooting is leaving too much out there, where with every other name that we've said, Luke Kennard, you know you're probably going to get 40-plus percent three-point shooting. Uh, with John Conchar, he shot 34% three-pointers uh, last year, shot 40-plus uh, the year before that. So I think you can safely say around 35% at least you're going to get from John Conchar. And then Jake Ravia, again, he's going to get more open shots. I fully believe that that 36, 36%, 37% that he showed in G League is not a fluke. That's where he's probably going to be around in the NBA. David Roddy. Same case. If you watch his stroke down there uh, with the um, Grizzlies in the summer league, it was smooth. It was a lot of balls just going straight to the net, silky like bother. Uh, I like what he brings. Then there's Zion Williams. We just haven't seen it enough from the three-point shooting. And guess what? You're going to have Marcus Smart and on the floor already. And Marcus Smart can knock it down, but Marcus Smart can also go 0 for 7 in the game. And you don't need two guys like that. Uh, I think with Desmond Bain, you don't, you don't want to go into most games Say, hey, if we take Desmond Bain off the three-point line, let those other guys beat us. You, that ain't the mentality that you want to have. Sure. Uh, I mean, obviously, Desmond Bain with his three-point repertoire, that's going to be what a lot of teams say. But a lot of those other players that I just mentioned, they can make the Grizzlies – they can make Grizzlies opponents really regret that early. Will Zaire Williams be able to do that? I think that's the question. If Zaire Williams shows some real good three-point shooting in preseason, uh, you got to entertain the idea because I like what he does from the mid-range game. I like what he does when he gets to the basket, high two-point field goal percentage. Defensively, he can be really good against C.J. McCollum. He can be really good against a guy like Russell Westbrook getting downhill, using his length and, and whatnot. I like what he brings to the table and how he could potentially play off of Marcus Smart on the defensive end, not the offensive end, on defense. So those are your options. Again, if it's me, I'm going Luke Kennard. If it's Taylor Jenkins right now, we'll see in a couple weeks what Taylor Jenkins' vibe is like. But I just got the feeling that right now at this point in time, he's leaning towards John Contra. But we'll get to all that in future episodes of Locked on Grizzlies. Speaking of future episodes of Locked on Grizzlies, me and Joe Monax will be back for the next episode in which we will discuss some potential bold predictions, and boy, hey, I'm going to tell you, I think I got a really good one. Joe, Joe's definitely going to come with the heat, but we got some bold predictions that we're going to discuss in the next episode 
of Locked on Grizzlies. Thank you again for tuning in to Locked on Grizzlies. Remember, Locked on Grizzlies is free and available wherever you get your podcast. Until next time, I'm DeMichael Cole. I'll see you on Locked on Grizzlies.